Hi, I'm Katie Marquette, and you're listening to Born of Wonder. And here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. Welcome to Born of Wonder, starting today's episode with the opening theme of Murder, She Wrote, a series starring Angela Lansbury that went on for over a decade from 1984 to 1996. You will often find it playing very late at night on the Hallmark Channel these days, uh, which is how I discovered it a few years ago uh, during a bout of insomnia. And it is a wonderfully comforting show, uh, absolutely ridiculous in so many ways. Uh, Angela is a sort of Miss Marple type mystery sleuth. Uh, she is a mystery writer herself, and uh, came to this in in her in her later years, in her retirement years as an English uh, retired English teacher. She started writing mystery books, and lo and behold, there seems to be a lot of mysteries, a lot of murders happening in her cozy town, her cozy hamlet of Cabot Cove in Maine. So it is an incredibly charming, uh, wonderful series that I would recommend for those sleepless nights when you just need uh, something to to watch that will be um, will be comforting and fulfilling and uh, and tell you that everything's going to be all right. You're not going to get any nightmares from this mystery show. And that's really going to be the topic of discussion today. Why are murder mysteries so comforting? Why do we turn to stories of death and violence when we need to be comforted? So on the episode today, I will be touching on film noir, Agatha Christie, uh, some more modern um, crime dramas, uh, especially um, BBC crime dramas. I am a BritBox subscriber. If you don't know what that is, look it up and you can, you also can go uh, just do tons of deep dives into lots of British television, which I highly recommend. They have lots of mysteries, lots of cozy mysteries. So we'll be talking about that. I'm going to read you an essay I wrote uh, about, about the cozy catharsis of mystery stories, going to be referencing a show called Broadchurch, which I, I certainly does not qualify as a cozy mystery. It's actually rather grim story involving the death of a young boy, but it was uh, a show I found at a difficult moment in my life. It was also during COVID, uh, the, the beginnings of it, when we started watching it, and it really provided a lot of, of relief and a lot of uh, assurance that everything was going to be okay. Stars uh, David Tennant and Olivia Coleman, three seasons long. The second two seasons, in my opinion, are a dud, but the first one is very good, although it does have some rather heavy themes. Just a fair warning. If you would rather stick to the Agatha Christie uh, cozy mystery, Angela Lansbury uh, a style mystery, that, of course, is going to be discussed today, too. So a uh, quick introduction. I'm Katie Marquette. You're listening to Born of Wonder. On this show, we explore anything and everything that inspires wonder and awe in the world. We are approaching Easter. We are at the end of Lent. How is it going? Uh, have you stuck to your resolutions? Lent is always like a 
uh, New Year's 2.0, right? Um, I always use it as an as an excuse to uh, to to notice all the things I've given up for my New Year's resolutions and maybe make them again. Um, but uh, but what we're almost to Easter. We're we're in spring. It's April. So I hope that I hope that you are enjoying some spring weather and looking forward forward to the end of Lent and uh, and a beautiful uh, Palm Sunday and Holy Week ahead. So if you want to uh, learn more about me, read read the essay uh, that I'm going to share today along with others uh, and contact me. Um, you can go to bornofwonder.com. I'm off social media for Lent. I'll pop back on around Easter time. Uh, but until then, you can still follow the Born of Wonder Instagram account, go through the archives there um, at Born of Wonder. But really just going to the website is the best way to contact me. And I so appreciate those of you who send me emails, um, leave comments, things like that. It means a lot to me. And I I'm, I, I think I'm pretty quick at replying. So if you send me an email, uh, you, you should get a response uh, pretty soon. Uh, I, I like to learn what you like about the show, what you would like to hear more of. Um, I, I appreciate uh, your involvement and, uh, and, and, I, and I really do like to get to know you as well. So um, you can always contact me there. You can support the podcast on Patreon, link in the show notes uh, for $2 a month. I'm working on sending you patrons a, a letter and a and a little thank you. If you are a patron and you haven't sent me your address and you would like to have a letter sent to you, um, please just message me on that platform or uh, or email me, either one. Uh, I know that Patreon is not necessarily intuitive with the messaging, messaging, but I might be a little... I'm. I don't know. I, it takes me a while to learn how to use all these things. So thank you for your patience. Um, but you can go through the show archives. We've discussed everything from Narnia, Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe to um, to the nature of time, uh, black holes, space, all sorts of things like that. We've talked about uh, G.K. Chesterton. Uh, we've talked an inordinate amount about uh, Joe March, who is a personal inspiration of mine. Uh, but there's, there's lots to explore. I hope you enjoy looking through through the archives there. And if you have time to leave a review on iTunes, I so appreciate it. You can leave a star rating on Spotify. So without further ado, I'm going to hop right into this essay I wrote about the catharsis of mystery stories. And then we'll use that as a, as a launching point to discuss more about what it is about these mystery stories that we love so much. I'm going to give you some recommendations uh, of books and shows and, uh, and, and one very, very good film noir movie that I don't think many people are aware of. Uh, so I will give a few recommendations and uh, I hope that that, uh, you know, this spring will find you curled up with a good Agatha Christie. I mean, she's perfect for fall. She's perfect for spring. She's a beach read. I mean, you can, you can read her anytime, right? She's best-selling, best-selling author. Um, but her books are the best-selling books besides the Bible. So that says something right there. Um, but yeah, let's, let's hop into this, this episode today, Restoring Meaning, Cups of Tea, and Murder Mysteries. I watched a family living a nightmare. Their son had been murdered. Their friends were suspects. Their marriage was falling apart. Lies were revealed. People were hurt. Secrets laid bare. And there, in the midst of all these revelations, was the thing itself, the irrefutable fact that they had to get on living with. Their son had been killed, and the world's sense of meaning, purpose, justice was shattered in an instant. Now you may be wondering what sort of strange, mean-spirited person I am to watch all this with interest, and dare I say, delight. A very normal person, it would seem. 
the murder mystery genre, whether in literature or film, continues to top best-selling most watched lists around the world. We simply love a good whodunit. But why? On the surface, murder mysteries are terrible, necessitating violence, loss, and tragedy. Why do we like these stories so much? Even more odd, why do we find them so comforting? In the past week, in the midst of some personal catastrophes, not to mention a great deal of stressful realities in the world at large, I watched all three seasons of the British serial crime drama Broadchurch. While yes, the premise involved the murder of an 11-year-old boy, much of the show involves detectives Alex Hardy and, and Ellie Miller conducting official interviews, talking with family members, and making copious amounts of tea. These quiet, official acts in the face of unspeakable violence are indescribably cathartic. Alex Hardy, played by David Tennant, was a recognizable character, even with that thick Scottish brogue. The good-hearted, troubled inspector who will stop at nothing to find the truth. Detective Miller, played by Olivia Coleman, provided a soft human touch, concerning herself with the emotions of friends and family while attempting to maintain professional distance from a crime that has destroyed her town. Murder mysteries don't shirk from the violence of real life. Sometimes the worst happens. People die, sometimes in brutal, cruel ways. We have free will, we hurt each other. Disease, bad luck, random happenstance, what a fragile world we live in. Every moment threatened by what if? Like a good Greek tragedy, a murder mystery allows us the catharsis, terror, and pity of the worst case scenario. But a murder mystery also promises us answers. It promises a good and thorough investigation that ends with the bad guy getting caught. Can you rectify the initial injustice? Of course not. But it can provide closure, release, and a smallest sense of restoration. At one point, I even commented to my husband how remarkable it was that we human beings create courtrooms. Here, this terrible, indescribable thing happened, and a whole community comes together to say, in an official capacity, this is not okay. We need to rectify this. Something has gone terribly wrong, and we are going to fix it. The ritualistic need for restitution is a very real need. There's not much more comforting than a smart detective, except maybe a very flawed detective. It's no surprise that most of our detectives are anti-heroes, plagued by personal demons and social ineptitude. Inspector Alex Hardy is physically ill, emotionally unhinged, and a shockingly bad inspector at times. Perhaps we need to see our detectives as flawed. It makes it easier us easier for us to put ourselves in their place. It gives us some hope of solving the mysteries and the injustices in our own lives. There's an entire genre of murder mysteries known as cozy mysteries, marked by amateur sleuths, quiet villages, domestic disputes, and off-screen page violence. Agatha Christie is by far the most famous purveyor of cozy mysteries. She offers us complicated character sketches, tangled motivations, and a shocking revelation, all within the confines of an accessible paperback. Is it any wonder she is the best-selling novelist of all time? When we open the pages of a Christie novel, we are usually greeted by something familiar. A dinner party, a train ride, a quiet village. The familiar is then upended by tragedy, and in comes our delightful sleuth, a la Miss Marple, Inspector Perrault, etc., here to set things right with a dash of whimsy and good humor. A few years ago, I found myself immersed in another cozy mystery series, Murder, She Wrote, the American crime drama that ran for 12 seasons from the 1980s into the 90s, starring the charming Angela Lansbury as the celebrated mystery writer off-turned detective Jessica Fletcher. The show is easily parodied, 
It's amazing how many times Jessica discovered the killer was left-handed and not remotely frightening. Jessica lives in a quaint town in Maine, which apparently is not the cozy hamlet we think based on the amount of murders she's asked to investigate. And she always solves the crime. There's usually an explanation too. Inheritance, jealousy, an accident. You won't find any serial killers on this show. It's the perfect cozy mystery for when the world seems out of sorts. Jessica Fletcher promises to swoop in with a hot cup of tea and some good clean detective work. To quote from another of Angela Lansbury's famous roles, Mrs. Potts, It'll turn all right in the end, love. You'll see. While Broadchurch is too gritty and dark to qualify as a cozy mystery, I found the dramatic British cliffs and small-town dramas a balm to my existential queries. I've always found rainy, dark weather comforting. It encourages time inside with books, a fire, a hot drink. And by watching this show in the midst of muggy summer, I could escape to some dramatic, isolated British hillsides. With Broadchurch over, I've moved on to another UK crime show, Shetland. Fishermen's knit sweaters, blustery weather, and empty lonely cliffsides abound, so I'm sure I'll enjoy it as well. I also notice in British television a lack of perfection that often irks me in American dramas. In British TV, the characters aren't all gobsmacked gorgeous. In fact, their haircuts are a little messy, and they aren't all dressed like they just walked out of a magazine. I like this nod to real-life messiness, and when a detective in a guttural Scottish accent says, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to do an accent here. Just, just saying. Okay, don't worry. Here's what we're going to do. I feel myself relax. Someone knows what to do. Someone official is going to solve the crime. And the cups of tea, the many, many cups of tea. Nothing quite heals like, a, like tea on a rainy day, and these Brit British detectives never shirk from offering a cuppa. So as I brew myself another pot of Earl Grey and imagine myself walking some Bronte-esque moors, I can rest in the knowledge that the worst can happen and that it will be okay. So I hope you enjoyed that essay I wrote back in June 2020, Restoring Meaning, Cups of Tea, and Murder Mysteries. Uh, I enjoyed revisiting it myself. Um, as I said, I have uh, turned to murder mysteries, uh, especially Agatha Christie, many, many times in my life, uh, it, especially when I'm anxious you know, about things. I, I suffered from pretty debilitating anxiety while I was pregnant. And I read a lot of Agatha Christie and I watched a lot of Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> and there was something about uh, about this idea of restitution and this idea that, that terrible things can happen, but that there's going to be justice, there's a reason for it, uh, that and that somebody, you know, sweet and comforting like Angela Lansbury playing Jessica Fletcher can come in with her can-do attitude and, uh, you know, a pat on the back and say, everything's going to be okay. I'm going to solve the crime. So the cozy mystery genre, I, I absolutely love it. Um, I, I asked a while ago on Instagram um, for some cozy mystery recommendations and I have a, a long list waiting waiting to be read and I've, I've ordered a few of the books so I think the next uh, the, the next few books I read will be the cozy mysteries you know I'm I'm knee-deep in Kristen Lovren's daughter which I've mentioned the past few episodes I'm hoping that if I just say it enough uh, people will start reading it so <laughs> um, 
but uh but but once i'm done with that book i think it will be time for some more uh, some more cozy mysteries and the great thing about agatha christie is she wrote so many books uh i bet you will you will find one to pick up and they're short and they're easy to read and they're so fun uh so i wanted to tell you a, a, a bit about some of my favorite agatha christie's of course i love the classics and if you have never read any agatha christie i do recommend you start with 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 the ones that everybody knows because they really are really really good uh, they, they have that reputation for a reason so i would recommend and then there were none i think that's probably the best best Christie objectively but um I know everybody has their personal favorites but and then there were none I would recommend Murder on the Orient Express of course the murder of Roger Ackroyd uh and then you know she has her sort of lesser tier ones but also very well known is like Death on the Nile would recommend that but two of my favorites that are a little uh a little lesser known um one is called Sleeping Murder. It's a it's a Miss Marple mystery, and it involves uh, somebody who who she she get she gets a she gets a house and she's trying to do renovations on it, but every time uh, she tries to complete a renovation, uh, something something bad happens. Something is discovered. Um, some something from the past, and she's also having these sort of flashbacks uh, herself, and has this irrational sense of terror every time she climbs up the stairs in this house so I th I think that was a that was a great read and then uh, another one that I really I really enjoyed is called murder is easy uh, and and on this one um, officer Luke Fitzwilliam is on a train when he meets this strange woman who's sort of rambling about how there's a serial killer loose uh, in in her little in her little village and that he's already killed three people and that she knows that uh, that that he'll be uh killing the fourth one soon and he dismisses it she seems a little off her rocker but then within hours that woman is found dead crushed by a passing car so uh and then after that the fourth victim is found and every death looks like an accident but is it so uh that's that's the other one i would recommend very intriguing uh yeah i just i love agatha christie um I think anytime I mention her, I recommend this Doctor Who episode that she's in. Uh, it's really, really fun. And especially if you, you can you can watch Broadchurch with David Tennant in it and then watch David Tennant as Doctor Who. I think I am going to do an episode about, about Doctor Who sometime. I wrote an essay a while ago, What Doctor Who Taught Me About the Saints. So that might be a topic coming up. But there's a great Doctor Who episode I'll uh i'll look up the title and reference it in the show notes so you can look it up um which you kind of don't even have to know much about doctor who to watch it um involves in my opinion the best companion donna noble uh and they go back in time and they meet agatha christie and there is a a strange uh a strange thing going on and it it it, it addresses this uh period of time uh, in Christie's life when she inexplicably disappeared and this really did happen and there really has never been uh, an adequate explana explanation for what happened. She showed up after a few days at a hotel under uh, an assumed name and this was in the wake of her husband, her first husband's infidelity um, So, and she sort of claimed amnesia uh, but we aren't quite sure what happened. So this Doctor Who sort of uh, fictionalizes what could have happened uh, with, and uh, al aliens are involved. <laughs> um, um, I would recommend that episode. Um, but uh, Agatha Christie is just so great. She uh, she has 
she she's the master she she introduces a huge cast of characters somehow within just a few lines um it, it paints a very vivid picture of who these characters are and then um you know she gives you this wonderful this wonderful scene uh an old house uh, a little village um a dinner party something and then one by one things start happening and in the best christie books there are just enough clues that maybe if you're really really good you can start to figure it out but there's there's almost always a twist that you don't uh, that you don't suspect. So if you aren't an Agatha Christie fan, I'm sort of jealous because you'll get to read all these books for the first time, and they are so much fun. So would definitely recommend that. Um, and I would recommend Murder She Wrote. It's a little campy, it's a little goofy, but it is so sweet and comforting. If you have any insomnia, if you have anxiety put on uh, some murder she wrote, uh, especially the early seasons um, when, when, when most of the murders happened in Cabot Cove. I think they ran out. I think they were starting to worry. They were like, this town is seeming really, really dangerous. And uh, so we need to get Jessica on the road. So in later seasons, it gets a little like she's off out and about. She has all these random cousins and relatives that she's visiting um, in California and other things like that. And of course, she's like this big deal mystery writer and famous detective now. So she's living this high flying lifestyle. She's not just a, you know, lowly main English teacher anymore. So, um, but I like the early ones. I like seeing her ride her little, her little bike, uh, down to like the lobster, you know, market at the docks and say hi to everybody and be nosy and figure out what's going on. So that's always lovely. Um, and then if you have BritBox, um, Shetland and Broadchurch are both very good. Uh, Shetland, like Broadchurch, I think the early, I can't remember how many seasons there were, but I think like the first two I really enjoyed. And then it goes a little downhill. Um, but they're a little more raw, a little more um, intense. They do involve some like heavy subject matter. But um, I have a very, very low tolerance for gore um, and violence really in general. Um, I, I can't do horror. I can't do anything like that. And, um, and I really enjoy these movies. Uh, I mean, these shows. And so uh, if you are looking for something a little more, um, you know, uh, intense, a little more thrilling, um, but I think that will still provide that murder mystery catharsis. Um, those are two good shows. Um, uh, swinging back to the cozy mystery genre, I'm just thinking of BritBox here for a minute. There is a, a series, it's, it was a short-lived series, but it was really cute and had a really cute premise called Rosemary and Time. Uh, the last names of these two gardeners, uh, another British show here, and they, uh, you know, gardeners are always digging up things, and they happen to dig up a lot of bones and clues and things like that, and uh, they're sort of busybody type ladies, and uh, they solve crimes too, so Rosemary and Time, very cute. I watched a lot of that when, um, when the baby was little, and I was sort of nursing around the clock or up at night and stuff like that, uh, so I had that on in the background a lot, and it was really just sweet and entertaining. So that's another one. Um, I know a lot of people uh, enjoy and have recommended Endeavor, which uh, takes place in Oxford, England over the 60s, uh, during the 60s and 70s. Uh, I haven't had time to get into that one, but I know that that is also recommended a lot. So if you have BritBox, uh, that's another one to look up. Um, but you, uh, you know, the rabbit hole of cozy mysteries is endless. So I want to assure you that you will find one that you like and, uh, and that the reassurance and the, uh, calming effect of, uh, of these murder mysteries are accessible to you. 
which is which is a wonderful thing. Um, related to sort of, uh, I, I sort of think of it in a bit of a different genre, but film noir, you know, you think of the hard-talking detective, uh, you know, Humphrey Bogart and The Big Sleep and Lauren Bacall and things like that in these stark black and white and, and like, you know, cigarette smoke swirling around them as they talk about uh, about the, the, the femme fatale that led them astray and uh, led them into this, you know, dark underworld and things like that. So uh, they are, they're cozy and wonderful in a different way, um, thrilling in a different way maybe, but I did want to recommend uh, a, a film noir I was introduced to a few years ago. I interviewed um, for a public radio program I was working on. Um, uh, this expert at the Enoch Pratt Library in Baltimore all about film noir and he said I had to watch out of the past and I would absolutely recommend that movie it is so good um, it is uh, it has maybe the best uh, femme fatale figure ever I think in Kathy Moffat uh, play, played by Jane Greer uh, and this stars Robert Mitchum and uh, it's it's just it's really good. It's a really really good movie. Uh, I don't even want to give you too much of the premise. It's also like a lot of film noirs, <laughs> sort of hard to describe in a few sentences. There are a lot of a lot of um, sort of uh, frame narratives and rabbit holes you go down. So I would I would just recommend it. Uh, it's called Out of the Past. I'll reference it in the show notes. Um, classic film noirs. You know can't go wrong with Hitchcock really. Um, my favorite Hitchcock is definitely Rear Window. Uh, wouldn't really classify that as a film noir but it's certainly a great mystery and it's also a great love story uh with uh jimmy stewart and grace kelly which is is beautiful actually and uh it if you don't know the premise it's that jimmy stewart he's a sort of this um worldly reporter he's used to being in these dangerous locations all across the world but he's broken his leg and he's stuck at home he's stuck at home during the summertime just sitting looking out his window so he has an apartment building uh he's in an apartment building looking out at um at the the building across the street with all their windows open and everything like that in this boiling hot summer uh so everybody's outside or on their deck and leaving their windows open so he can see what's going on and he ends up seeing some very mysterious things happen and uh what he thinks to be a murder and he and grace kelly who is sort of the the rich girl that he doesn't take too seriously but who is totally hung up on him uh she ends up proving herself to be quite the smart lady and uh and a quick wit and helps him to solve this crime all while he is stuck sitting in his chair with a broken leg so that's a great movie, uh, Rear Window. Um, I, I do love Vertigo, another really great one. Vertigo is so interesting because it ends up being like two different movies. Uh, there's sort of a shift that happens in the movie, uh, but that's, an, that's another very good movie. Um, another uh, another Hitchcock, uh, Grace Kelly film that I would recommend is Dial M for Murder, it was originally a play and it sort of is like a play uh, in the way it's performed in the movie really good I don't even want to tell you too much about it uh so just that's that's another one I would recommend so dial m for murder vertigo and rear window to, uh, three Hitchcocks and if you want to do a classic film noir out of the past so uh this whole episode was kind of a big recommendation list but it was also an opportunity to just sort of think about the stories we tell ourselves and uh and the meaning uh that they create and make in our lives and uh, and I hope that that maybe if if you are having a stressful time, if uh, if if you're feeling some anxiety, you will uh, pick up a good murder mystery because it really 
it really does help. It does help to see that the crime can be solved, that justice can be served, that um, someone's going to someone's going to help you, <laughs> and uh, and that bad things do happen, but that there are good people trying to make it right again. And I think that that's really what it comes down to. Um, but of course, you don't have to be stressed out. I often pick up a Agatha Christie when I want to relax, or as a in between book, uh, a sort of in between heavier reads. Um, they're just always good. They're always fun. They're always engaging. Uh, so I hope that maybe you will find some new mysteries that you like a lot. If there are some that you'd like to recommend, please send me an email. I am always looking to build up my, um, mystery watch and to read list. So, uh, please feel free to send me any recommendations. But, uh, anyway, my, I do like to leave usually with a, with, with a piece of music so we can end on, end on a fun note. Uh, I like to recommend something and I'm going to recommend a song I always listen to, uh, especially around this time of year in April is a beautiful Simon and Garfunkel song called April Come She Will. Uh, I really love Simon and Garfunkel. It may, they make me think of college. <laughs> we sort of had like the dangling conversation on repeat and just that they're, you know, uh, just that beautiful angelic voice, uh, and, and their, um, sometimes stuffy subject matter sort of, uh, really fit, you know, the vibe of college. But this song, I just, it's beautiful. It makes me think of last year when I had the little baby on my chest when she was just a couple weeks old and I had this song on and the windows open. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you're having a beautiful start to spring. Uh, Again, happy Palm Sunday this week. Happy almost Easter. Only a couple, uh, you know, less than two weeks left of Lent. So, um, you know, the the good news is on the horizon. Um, Dawn is approaching, all those good things. So um, I... (laughs) <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm making this podcast. I'm making it on Monday night. It's nine, nine something Monday. It's going to come out tomorrow on Tuesday. So I, you know, I'm just, I'm just going with the flow here. So I wish I could tell you what's happening next week. Subject wise, I think it's going to be about literary mothers, but I kind of want to finish Kristen Laverne's daughter first before I talk about that, because I want to talk about her uh, a lot. So may have to wait on that. But uh, something good. It'll be something good. Maybe Return of the King, you know, for Easter. You know, we'll do some Lord of the Rings deep dive. I think that could be fun. Let's talk about Aragorn. Let's have a whole podcast about Aragorn. I think that might be a great idea. So you'll just have to wait and see. Subscribe so you don't miss it. Uh, Recommend the podcast. Send it to a friend. I so appreciate it. Uh, enjoy Simon and Garfunkel and their angelic. We, we always, we, we say they sound like little mice. You know, I had a podcast, I had like a playlist that was like called like angelic mice. So enjoy these angelic mice. <laughs> enjoy them singing us into a beautiful spring, into a beautiful Easter. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm Katie Marquette, and this is Born of Wonder. Streams are ripe and swelled with rain. May she will stay resting in my arms again. Restless walk, she'll prowl the night.